0: Welcome to Tell Me More Live, the recorded version of our monthly storytelling night at the Push Comedy Theater in Norfolk, Virginia. In this recording, Brad McMurrin, a founding member of the Pushers, shares his story about the healing process.
1: Two years ago, I was like kind of in the best place I'd ever been with comedy, where I had been working hard for about eight or nine years, and Sean Devereaux, who's a guy I call on the phone every morning that runs the place with me, um... We wrote, and another guy named Jeremiah, we wrote a a play called Cuff Me, the Fifty Shades of Grey, the musical parody. And, um, I had made it, you know. And, uh, and I had a girlfriend that was a really pretty girl from down in Georgia that was a really talented actress as well. And, uh, well, some people would say she was. And, um, and, well, okay, I, I thought, I thought she was. But so anyway, um. So you know it's funny. I get up on stage all the time. For some reason, everybody looking at me like this. I extremely feel nervous. <laughs> Stop looking at me. No, is uh, is uh. So anyway, uh, I was getting royalty checks from up north. It was playing in New York, Chicago, Seattle, everywhere, all all across the country. And it's still playing now, which I'm happy about. But I I didn't think life could be any more cool. Where I was like, oh, if I'm finally making something. I've got some money. My dad, for once, was proud of me, and um. And this girl that I had been seeing for about nine months was just like she was really lovely in my mind, except for that I found out that, well, not none of that was true. Um, she was um, she was a really mean person in a lot of ways, where she would there was a lot of stories and lies told about, and I, and and every story that I found out was awful. And I won't go into the, some details just out of respect, but there was just a lot of mental problems, and I was broken about it, and. I started to find out from around the gallery, you know, because we know everybody around here, that there had been some cheating involved and things like that, which I'm not used to, and I'm sure there's some girls out here can tell you I'm normally the cheater. So so for a guy like me, I was like, how could somebody cheat on Brad? I mean, I'm Brad McBurn, which that didn't work out well for me. So... um, so I was, like, really, really broken down about this, and I got to this really fucked-up place where I had never really had my heart ripped out like this before, especially over all the, the, the harsh stuff that had happened, where I was watching um, I was watching Batman, and I'm not even a cartoon guy. I hate all the superhero stuff, but I was watching that movie Batman, The Dark Knight Rises, um, every day in my house. and. <laughs> And I'm a very big marijuana smoker, so I, I would get very high, and I would start welting up, but I wouldn't cry. That's something I'm very big on. I'm like, be a man, you don't cry. And, you know, I would always cheer for, for Bruce Wayne to get out of that hole because I felt like I was in the hole. And, like, every time we would do it, I would get very excited and then go back down and think about my life. And this girl kept coming back into my life where she would come back and be like, I'm sorry, I love you. And i am like, okay, yeah, I'll give it a chance again, kind of like what CB was saying. And it was just not a good idea. And, um... So this one night in particular, though, uh, a text message came to me, and I still had a flip phone at the time, uh, and it said, uh, he doesn't know anything, just meet me over here, um, we can have a good time, and Brad will never know. So I'm like, Come on. So I, I push play on Batman again. No, and, uh, and uh, so... I uh, I did what any responsible sort of guy from God's Country Portsmouth would do is I, I went to uh, the 7-Eleven and bought a 12-pack of Natural Light, and I started drinking them very aggressively. You know, like, like we'd open them, like, hmm, I'm calling them, I'm going to call them, that's what I'm going to do. And the message that I got, uh, the one part I didn't tell about it was, um, it kind of alluded to who this guy was, and it was somebody I knew. So I now not only have this person who's been lying to me, but a friend of mine lying to me too and so i did i got very drunk i finished about eight beers within probably 30 minutes and i started calling them both and if anybody knows brad i can be a nice guy but i also have this really amazing temper i wish alba was still here she saw it on friday night where i, I, I get very red in the face and i'll say things that don't make sense where i'm like i be like i swear to christmas I will, I will i've got two tails and you know and it's, <laughs> Nothing really makes sense. I'm very uh, don't, don't get in an argument with me because it's just it's dumb. You you don't get any smarter for it. And uh, so I'm calling. Once one would hang up on me, I'm calling the other one, and they would hang up on me. And I finish up my beers. And I live down on 61st Street down in Virginia Beach, um, in in a place that my parents have owned for years and years and years. And everybody in the community was like really, and I had some really good friends. I really do have good friends that were really concerned about me because I just wasn't myself. I mean, this one right over here, Courtney would call me. Of course, she would call me a pussy all the time, but um, I was very, very sad. Um, So anyway, he had come down and cleared out the liquor cabinet so that there was no liquor in the house because they were worried I was going to do something stupid or something. And so here I am finding out that I've been cheated on and then it's a friend of mine that did do it as well and neither one of them will answer my tirade phone calls so I did what any real smart man would do is I got to uh, I shouldn't tell this but we're being honest tonight I drove down to Murphy's Pub which is uh, on 30th Street right it's, it's it's sort of the place I go whenever I'm broken and uh, the story some of y'all may have heard because it became very uh, popular around the way is a uh, I sat down, I, I came in already drunk, and I can have some really crazy hair when I grow it out, so it was like, you know, to the side where I kind of walked in, and I have a lazy eye when I get drunk, and I sat down at the bar, and I was like, I'd like to have three fireball shots right here, right now, please. And the lady was like, are you with anybody? I'm like, I said now, you know. <laughs> and she was like, okay, and she had seen me in there before, and she poured up these three shots and put them down in front of me, and I looked down the way. And there's a girl there, I'd say she's about 40. Um, She's wearing nurses, kind of scrubs or whatever it is. And she gives me that look. And y'all know that look when somebody knows you. You know, where they're like. And you're like, (laughs) (laughs) not the right night. And and I go and take my first shot and I pop it down. And she sort of goes, hey, do you need help with those shots? And I was like, do you want a fireball? And she was like. Yeah, I'll take a fireball. And I'm like, okay, can you give me a fireball? Because nobody was going to take my shots away from me. <laughs> and so I got the fireball over there, and she was like, hey, I, I've seen you on stage at the Funny Bone, I think. I'm like, yeah, that's true. I don't feel very funny right now, but yeah, that's that's true. And she goes, no, but I think you're also, because, you know, we're in the 757. She was like, I think I'm friends with your sister-in-law. And I'm like, okay, that's cool. And um, so anyway... We, we're talking, and, and, and I'm not bringing up like how mad I am, but I am extremely not right in the head. If people in here that knew me, I was just not right for about eight or nine months, and I continued to get very, very slammed up drunk, and this woman at the end of the night was like, you know, I would not feel right letting you drive home. And I'm like, oh, do you want to come home with me? And she's like, um... Yeah, I guess so. And I'm like, "Okay, well if you do, you got to do whatever I want." <laughs> and she she sort of stares at me and she goes, "What do you mean?" I'm like, "Whatever I want." And she's like, "Okay, you've got my interest now. Um I'm kind of intrigued." And she she bit her bottom lip like. Mm. <laughs> and so we get in this car, and we're riding home, and in the, I, I pulled into our, to where I live, and I, when I go in there, I'm like, fuck, I don't have any liquor or anything, and I'm like, well, go have a seat on the couch, I'll make us a drink, and if anybody knows me, I'm a, a really bad slob, like, I mean, I'm not kidding, there's some McDonald's food from 1987 in there and stuff, and, uh, but I, I went into the kitchen, and I realized that I did have some tangeree, you know, that liquor drink that's really awful, and, uh... But I didn't have any ice because I was too lazy to put ice things back into the fridge. And I didn't really have any clean cups at my house. So I grabbed two uh, uh, coffee mugs. And, like, one of them said something like Fifty Shades of I Don't Give a Shit on it or something. And and I made this. All I had was, like, somebody had left some Diet Coke over the house. So I made two drinks. Uh, I made two uh, Tanqueray and Diet Coke drinks with, with no ice. And... I came out of uh, I came out of uh, out of the kitchen and she's sitting on the couch and she's uh she's kind of poofed her hair up a little bit where she's you know doing one of these things and um, when I walked in I had the two drinks there and she gave me one of those things that you you typically love as a male where she doesn't you know and I'm like oh yeah and I put the two drinks down and sat down and I was like you told me that you let me do whatever I want and she was like. What is it that you want? And I'm very embarrassed about this. I wish I hadn't told the story actually. But anyway, is uh is uh and she said uh I want uh I said, I haven't I haven't cried in front of anybody since my grandmother died. And she's like, Mm-hmm. And I'm like, would you mind if I cry? She, she looks at me, and she's like, um, I guess if you need to, and I, and I don't know if you've seen Goonies, you know, but it literally was one of those moments where I, like, I, like, I, I after I'd set down the drinks and everything, like, it all started when I was young. Like, I hit puberty, and I started getting chubby. And, and it was that kind of cry that I'm not used to to where, like, I've seen, I've made girls do this, but I've never done it myself, is where you start crying like from your like your soul and not only that they don't tell you is it I have I smoke cigarettes so like phlegm from you know 99 was coming out and so I'm doing this cry that's like and anyway they all cheated on me and the whole the whole world is mean and like phlegm would just be pouring out of me where I remember where you don't want to stop your story with it where you're like it doesn't matter and you know and I'm back to the story, and I had looked at the clock where I was crying for about probably 22 to 23 minutes to this poor girl. And I get, you know, to the end where, you know, you're at the end of a crowd where you've got to wrap it up, you know, where it's like, yeah, yeah. Well, hey, thanks for coming over. <laughs> and she goes, oh, and I'm like no really I mean it meant the world for you to come over. Good to see you and I gave her like the pat. And she like went to the door and I was like I really do hope you get better. I'm like you'll be fine. So uh she left and uh the next morning uh I woke up in the morning directly back mad to these two people that had wronged me. And uh I'm calling them up but they're not answering and uh I called up my good friend, Sean, uh, Devereaux, and he's not the most, well, if you know Sean, you know Sean. And he, uh, I, I I called him up and I said, uh, Hey dude, uh, you know, I really need to talk to you for a minute. He's like, Brad, we're all worried about you. And Sean doesn't normally talk like this, but he's like, we're all worried about you. What is going on with you? And I'm like, well, last night I got really drunk and I told the same story. I just told y'all to him. And, uh, he's like, Oh, great. (laughs) This is really fucking great, Brad. He's like, now somebody's gonna think that like we should change our name from the Pushers to the Pussies, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you're right. And I go next door, and some of y'all don't know the last part of the story, so it's gonna go. Uh, I went next door to where I had this really nice, like Commodore 64 computer to look up Facebook, and uh, I get on there, and and uh, there's a message <laughs> from the girl that I had met the night before that said. <laughs> And it had like a little title at the top uh, that said, well, that was a wild night, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and uh, so my door knocks and um, I open the door and it's the guy that has wronged me from the night before through the whole night. He said, I'm not talking to you right now. I would keep hanging up the phone on me. And I have a very epic temper. So I went over and, and slugged him very hard in the face, you know. And he, he just takes it, you know, this guy's pretty in shape. He's like, boom. He's like, all right, you feel good about it? I'm like, yeah, I feel good. You're a fucking dick, man. Like, how could you do this to me? You know, I've been watching Batman every day for the last 21 days straight, and you knew that. He's like, could you please have a seat, please? And I'm like, yeah. So he sits down and pulls out his his, his, his whole text history, and that the text message wasn't sent to him after all, so it was actually sent, like, like, he, it wasn't him having the correspondence with the girl. He hadn't cheated on her, on me, in essence. So he's bleeding from his mouth. And uh, and uh, I had to apologize in the best way you can, where you're like, you know, I'm really sorry I punched you in the face. And um, But anyway, to, to, to wrap this story up, because uh, it is about growth, and tonight where I wanted to say this, is I was also a pretty heavy fellow back then. Not that I'm that skinnier now, but... Um, I, lost, I ended up getting really in shape uh, I lost 27 pounds the past summer and uh, and I'm done with that bitch
0: <laughs> Thank you for joining Tell Me More Live the recorded version of our live storytelling event at the Push Comedy Theater in Norfolk, Virginia If you'd like to join Tell Me More or help out in any way visit tellmemorelive.org That's TellMeMoreLive.org where you will find our online submission and contact forms, a schedule of upcoming shows, and more storyteller podcasts. To keep up with the most recent podcasts, you can subscribe to Tell Me More Live via RSS, iTunes, and Stitcher. If that's not enough, you can follow our Tell Me More Live updates on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time... This is Deb Markham reminding you, a happy ending always depends on where the story ends.